Well, it's great to see everyone here at Reachway today. Uh, it's been a it's been a wild couple of weeks. I, I say we're starting a summer series, but I'm not convinced it's summer, uh, just because I, <laughs> I don't know exactly what's been going on with our weather. But I hope that um, you all have been relatively dry over these last couple of weeks. Um, but nonetheless, we do enter a brand new series. Uh, before we uh, talk, talk about that, I'd like to talk really, really briefly about a couple of things uh, this morning. Uh, the first one is that uh, this morning we started a brand new rhythm, actually, before our gathering time, and I want to speak to that for just a few moments. We are going to be starting um, a, a pre-gathering time of prayer, and the reason that we want to do that is to be sure that we really are putting ourselves in a position where we're asking God to to work on our behalf. Uh, we, we do believe that He is here. We believe that, that He is present in this church and in this neighborhood. And, and so what we're going to be doing is positioning ourselves to hear from Him, to continue to put ourselves in positions where we receive His grace, where we receive His, His, His forgiveness and presence in our lives. And prayer is one of those times where we, where we still ourselves, where we quiet ourselves to hear from Him. So this is a complete open invitation to the entire, uh, to the entire church from about 9-ish to 9.30-ish, right? Um, we're going to be praying in this room together every single Sunday morning. Uh, if you have if you have kids, first of all, your kids are welcome to pray, or of course, we're going to have uh, care for them downstairs as well. So if you would like to be a part of that in the, in the Sunday mornings to come, of course, feel, feel welcome to, to be part of that uh, every Sunday morning, right, right after 9, just until about 9.30. And then the second thing is, is that myself and Ty would ask for your prayers. We're going to be doing some traveling over the next couple of weeks. So uh, for the next two Sundays, you're actually going to be cared for by Pastor Cassie and Michael. They're going to be ministering to you. Uh, be in prayer for us especially. It's, it's part rest for us, but it's also part me speaking at other churches, so it's still work-related. Um, I'm going to be speaking at a church in New Hampshire, of all places, and then in the suburbs of Chicago. I have an opportunity to share our story, and I'm really excited about that. So so know that over these next two Sundays, you are going to be talked about and prayed for by other churches and uh, celebrated by other churches. And we are excited about what he's doing here, and I'm excited to be able to share that with, with the people who are a part of the capital C church, right, um, in other places. So if you could be in prayer for us, that would be awesome, awesome. But we're having a summer, and it's all in Mark. And we're looking forward to this because Mark is actually the first gospel account that was ever written. It's the oldest of all of our texts, and it's foundational. Of course, the gospels are foundational, but Mark, even more so, is, is our, our primary foundational gospel text. And so this summer, we are going to be walking for 14 weeks through the gospel of Mark. Every single week, you're going to hear a different passage. And every single week, you're not only going to hear about it, but you're going to talk about it as well. And so we're hoping that through the spoken word and the shared word amongst these groups, 
that this important text will really come to life for us and for Reachway. Um, of course, new people to talk with every single week, new people to meet, uh, new, new things to talk about from the scriptures, and, and I really do think that some special things will be happening as a result of, of our efforts. So take full advantage of this series and, uh, and try something new this summer. But to get us started, I'm actually going to ask Judah. Um, Judah came up to me. He's one of our Reachway kids, and he came up to me last week, and he said, uh, can I please read again in front of the church? And every time that is asked, you say yes. By the way, um, by the way, so Judah is going to read for us. This is out of the Gospel of Mark, and he's got his text all picked out. And here's your microphone. Here begins the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. In the book of the prophet Elisha, God said, Look, I am sending my messenger before you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare a pathway for the Lord's coming. Make a straight road for him. This messenger was John the Baptist. He lived in the wilderness and was preaching that people should be baptized to show that they had turned from their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. Later on, after John was arrested by Herod Antipas, Jesus went to Galilee to preach God's good news. At last, the time has come. He announced, the kingdom of God is near. Turn from your sins and believe this good news. Amen. Yes. Thanks, man. Good job. Good to go. Thanks, Judah. <laughs> yes. It sounds best when a child reads it. Guaranteed. Uh, we're in Mark chapter 1. If you're following along with the Bibles that are on the tables right now, we're going to be on page 1,555. And if you forget that, that's also on the question sheet there. Um, but we're beginning today talking about the kingdom of God, which is something we've talked about here before. Sometimes we call it the kingdom of heaven. But what we're drawing on is really the main purpose of why Jesus came down to earth was to inaugurate a new way of life, to begin a new way of life. And we call that the kingdom of God. We call that the kingdom of heaven. This is exactly what we're talking about when we pray the Lord's Prayer. You might recall a line in the Lord's Prayer where we ask that God's will would be done and his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. This is all the same conversation. And it kind of begins in the prophets. Uh, Judah just read from the prophet Isaiah that this was a foreseen arrival, that the prophets in, in ancient Jerusalem and the nation of Israel were expecting this to happen. John the Baptist then is the one who's talked about in Isaiah as being the messenger in the wilderness. So John the Baptist is the one who's baptizing people. He's saying, there's going to be someone after me who's going to be much greater than me, where John the Baptist says, I baptize with water, but there is one who is coming that's going to baptize with the Spirit of God. And of course, he's referring to Jesus, who is now on the scene, born of the Virgin Mary, and he himself, in verse 14, announces, the time is near. The kingdom is here. So repent and believe the good news. The kingdom begins with announcement. And the interesting thing about this scene in Mark chapter 1 is that announcements of kingdoms 
was not an uncommon thing in this day. Right now, if a new person is elected into some kind of political office, at, at least in this nation, it's generally televised, or it's on the radio, the newspaper, things like that. But without that kind of communication available, of course, to them, kingdoms were being announced, rulership was being announced, reigns were being announced constantly. There's a new emperor, there's a new governor, there's a new centurion, uh, there is a new fill-in-the-blank. This is an actual announcement that was done on the backs of horses by either the rulers themselves or messengers that were sent ahead for the rulers. So if you were hearing, first of all, you would have recognized the scene. There's someone standing in a big open field and they're proclaiming, they're yelling, hey, there's, there's a new kingdom. But this is not the kingdom of a Caesar, right, or a Pilate. Someone is out there in the wilderness saying, the kingdom of God Yahweh is here. And that could have been received a lot of different ways. Perhaps if you were to hear that for the first time, you would have been waiting for this to happen. There were people who knew the words of Isaiah, and they believed in them. And so if they would have heard John the Baptist say, hey, God is coming, and then this guy himself say, the kingdom of God is near, repent, believe the good news, you would have been excited. If you were in that group of people, you knew the prophet Isaiah, you knew the ancient texts, or you would have been excited just because you were ready for something new. Generally, when offices change hands of any kind, any role in any place, some people are happy about it, some people aren't, right? So maybe you would have been excited to hear that there was a new kingdom just because you weren't really thrilled with the kingdom that was, you were ready for something new. Maybe when you heard this announcement, you would have been skeptical. Because once again, well, here's just another kingdom that's being announced by another messenger, by another person. I've never seen this person before. Who is that guy who eats locusts and honey, right? We're talking about John the Baptist. How, why should I believe this person? You might have been in the camp of skepticism. Perhaps saying, It'll be gone soon enough. <laughs> There'll be another one. I don't really need to adjust my life at all because there's just going to be another kingdom that comes. If you would have heard the words, the kingdom of God is near, maybe you would have been afraid. Maybe you would have been anxious. Now, why is that? Maybe you would have thought that the God that you have heard talked about, perhaps the God that you had worshipped, perhaps the God that you had heard stories about your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandpa who was there for the parted sea. Is God mad at us? Is that why the kingdom of God is here now, is because he's mad? Is he angry? Have I done something wrong? Have has my family done something wrong? Has my village or country done, done something wrong? Why does the kingdom have to be here now? And things like fear and anxiousness start bubbling up. This is all of the things that are happening in this announcement. So I want to turn things over to you now. Um, in just a moment, we're going to have some small group 
dialogue. We've got these questions on papers in front of you. Um, we're going to give you all about 10 or so minutes to talk about these questions. I'm going to come back up, and then we're going to tie some things together. Um, but these are those four questions. What tones and themes, other than good news, have you heard associated with the coming of the kingdom of God? Have there been any negative ones? As you've heard about the kingdom of God being preached, perhaps before if you've been in and out of church for some time, any kind of negative feelings or emotions? At some point, then move on. When you hear the words, the kingdom of God has come near, how do you feel? What stirs up in your heart? What stirs up in your mind? Why is the nearness of the kingdom of God good news? And what might a life look like after someone repents and believes? Once again, keeping in mind what repentance means. We've talked here at Reachway before that, that repentance at its, its purest definition is to rethink or change your direction. So to rethink how you're living life or to say, I'm going this way, but now I'm going this way. And then our fourth question is based on what you see in the rest of chapter 1 and into chapter 2. So that'll require some actual searching of the scriptures. What things appear to be prioritized in the kingdom of God? You have questions on your table. You have Bibles on your table. You have people at your table. So go ahead and take the next 10 minutes or so. Have at it. And we'll come back together in a few. All right. Let's go ahead and... Uh, kind of bring things back together here. Um, I, I loved hearing the discussion. Um, hopefully it was beneficial, and there really is something special about people talking about the Word out loud to each other. Um, so that, that's why we're doing this, and so hopefully there's been some, some helpful gleanings as you talk through those, through those questions. So thank you for sharing. Thanks for trying something new already uh, this morning. So hopefully... Um, hopefully it's already been beneficial for you. So I just want to tie a few things together. Um, heard some things I'd love to mention, and then we're just going to kind of go from there. But we have a kingdom, once again, that's been announced by prophets, by John the Baptist, by Jesus. And it is that same exact kingdom that is still breaking into our world today. And that is a really, really important thing to have at the forefront of our mind. So that, of course, there was a time, and we just read about it, where it was announced first. But it's also announced every other day since. And it's being announced by people that are living into that reality, that, that there is a new kingdom at hand, that there is a new way of life that is now being lived. So it was announced first, but it's also announced every single day. And it's announced by you and I, and, and it's being announced by just the fact that we gather and scatter. That in itself is a witness, and it is an announcement that there's another way to go about life, and that there are new motions and new rhythms to be mindful of. This also meant both when it was first announced and still today, a couple of key things, is that oppressive systems no longer need to be the prevailing systems. This was extremely good news for the one who was living in this time period and in this place that felt 
very oppressed by the empire of Rome, who was kind of fed up with Rome and was looking for another way of life other than the one that the empire prescribed. Now, it's a bit of a tense thing, but it's a good news thing as well, that that specific reality is still true today. This kingdom of God is good news for people who live all over this planet, who are not finding a place to fit when it comes to the perhaps the empire or political system that is playing around with their lives. This is good news for that person, that oppression is lifted, that the powers that were once over that person's life are no longer over that person's life, that there is another way. Another thing, prominent thing that happens, and you got a glimpse of this in the rest of chapter 1 and into chapter 2, and we'll get a glimpse of this as we move through Mark, is that the poor and not only just the rich have a seat at the table. And that is one of the biggest bullet points when we're talking about what is the gospel and what is the kingdom of God, is that the poor now have value. Because here's the deal, in this day and time, they just didn't. That people who lived in some level of poverty, people that perhaps had less than someone else, just simply did not have a place in society. But when Jesus comes in, he says, no, the first will be last, the last will be first. And he's not saying that as some kind of specific configuration. He's just saying, forget order, forget hierarchy, forget pyramids, forget thrones. There's one person on one throne, and it is the creator, and then there's everyone else. And that is some of the beauty, is that the poor now have a place, and they have value in society. It also says that God's love is on the move in the world, and that the kingdom is being filled with people whose lives are changing before everyone else's eyes. This is happening on a daily basis all over the planet, where people are receiving this as good news for the first time in their lives. And as a result, there is healing and restoration that begins to and increasingly does take place in their lives. These are things that are actually happening. Actually happening. So this is also then good news for the person who already believes. Of course it is, right? Because just like in this day and time, there were people expecting this announcement when it first came. And of course, we are here in this room, and, and many of us, to certain degrees, believe that this is also true. But this is also good news for the person who does not yet believe. Because I know it's hard to imagine that there are people that perhaps live next to you, are co-workers with you, or maybe even in your family or your friend circles, that do feel trapped that do feel like there is not another way to go about life. What has been inherited, perhaps from a generation or two prior, what you see on television, what you hear on the radio, read in the newspaper, that there is just a way of life that is being given to me, and that is how I need to live. But this is just simply not true, is what we believe. That there are actual, practical implications, real-life Applications 
to life being made new here on this earth, in this life. We have all been born. There is evidence of that right now, right? We're here. We're, we're breathing. We're, we're here sitting. We're, we've been born. There's a way to be born again. A way where we get new eyes, where we get new perspectives, where the grace of God helps us bring out a new mind, where we get the mind of Christ. The kingdom is now, and the kingdom is new. And I actually get to preach this in New Hampshire next week, where I'm going to be saying things like, um, in order to enter into the kingdom, you have to follow, and you can't follow if you're leading. And I'm also going to say things like, the kingdom of God isn't new if something new doesn't happen, (laughs) and if things don't change. This is exactly what we mean by when we say the kingdom is now and the kingdom is new, is that there is a power that is breaking into this world and it is happening in groups of people like this who believe that this is true and who do things like give food and a couple of dollars to a mother down the street, right, right, right? That's it. That is it. People who believe that people who can't perhaps afford things for themselves doesn't mean they shouldn't have things. And so there are people who get together, they go all in, and they, they bring a level of equality in a situation through their generosity. That is one recent example of how that happens even here. And so when we do the things that we do, and we spent the last four weeks talking about this in our spending habits series, is that you are bringing in the new because you are choosing to live under kingdom ways and the Jesus way. Yes, good. The author of Mark, and this is when you were looking at the rest of chapter 1 into chapter 2. Author of Mark understands that what needs to be directly communicated with the announcement of the kingdom is healing and restoration. There are miracles that happen, right? But more specifically, miracles of healing. And then if you were to get into chapter 2 a little bit more, Miracles of Jesus not showing preference. And I heard a few different tables talking about both of those things. That's exactly right. Now, sometimes the Gospels work chronologically. There's an arc from birth to death. But when it comes to each chapter, each verse, each story, the Gospel writers were able to pick and choose kind of the things that they had heard, the things that they had heard about, or the things that they had seen, And then they kind of wrote them down where it fit best. You know, this isn't a daily diary. This isn't just like three years of stuff, right? It's it's much less, but what Mark does is he pretty much asks himself the question, okay, Jesus was born, he got baptized by John the Baptist, and man, he announced the kingdom of God, and that was a really, I got to write that down, right? But then what does that mean? Jesus drives out impure spirits. Jesus heals many. Jesus heals a man with leprosy. Jesus forgives and heals a paralyzed man. Jesus calls Levi and eats with sinners. When the kingdom of God is announced, social barriers break down. When the kingdom of God is announced, people that have been sick and need healing, sometimes for decades, end up getting healed. These are things that Mark wants us to hear. 
this morning in a study of Mark is exactly this, is kind of getting in the author's mind, figuring out what this all means for us today. It makes the kingdom not just something we read about, but something that we see with our eyes in front of us today. So the question we ask this morning is, will you embrace the kingdom that is breaking in? The interesting thing here is that it's going to happen whether we like it or not. (laughs) We have the opportunity to be part of it. And that's the decision that ends up needing to be made. As I'm, go- as, as I'm going to make a decision to jump into what is being made new around me, or am I going to go a different way? It's very simple. This is what Jesus does in verse 17. He goes to fishermen and says, come and follow me. That's the first step, is following someone who's, who's already going through life ahead of you who has already experienced suffering, who has already experienced death, who has defeated death, and that same exact power, that spirit-filled power that was with Christ that got him up out of the grave is a power that is now with you as well. And that is good news. So Jesus extends the invitation, come follow me. I want you to know that if you follow Jesus, if you keep following Jesus, you will see your life become made new. This isn't some hocus pocus. This is the creator of the universe. And if you can believe that God created, if you can get that far, (laughs) which is, yeah, it's a Sunday school thing. It's Sunday school 101, but it's also true. And if you can get that far that God created, then you can probably get far enough to believe that he's still present with us and that he's still working in our lives. And that the words of Mark chapter 1 still have things for us today. Follow Jesus and witness Jesus make other lives new as well. And that's the ex- one of the exciting parts about being part of a church, being part of a family, so that you can be part of the restoration, you can be part of the healing, you can be part of the the good and beautiful things that, that happen, the good and beautiful things that Jesus is able to do through us that happen to others. Yeah.